0: Welcome to The Brew Files from Experimental Brewing, our quick hit series where we focus on fundamental aspects of brewing, including styles, techniques, and recipes. More brew, more flavor, more stories, less time, and less ukulele. In this episode, it's a case of repeat guests on the show because Craig Chaplin, who you might know for this triple IPA recipe, won a chance to brew his old foggy Russian Imperial Stout at Wild Parrot Brewing Company in Pasadena. So what changes when you go from 11 gallons of a monster beer to 155 gallons of a monster beer? But first, a message from our sponsors.
1: Getting accurate measurements of your beer is one of the keys to improving your brewing. The Pro Series Hydrometers from Brewing America will help you help your beer. These American-made NIST traceable hydrometers are accurate easy to read, and the kits come with a cleaning brush and cloth and a borosilicate test flask that uses half the sample size of most flasks. That means less beer for testing and more beer for you. Brewing America is a small, family-owned business of husband and wife veterans, so when you buy a Brewing America hydrometer, you're not only getting a great piece of equipment, you're supporting the people who support America brewing america hydrometers are available on amazon or at www.brewingamerica.com the next generation of countertop home distillation systems is here the all-new Airstill Pro from Still Spirits is a revolutionary still that will look right at home alongside your everyday kitchen appliances. This small-batch 2-in-1 distillation system operates in either pot still or reflex mode and allows you to craft high-quality light and dark spirits at home. No hoses, no complicated assembly, just plug and play. The Airstill Pro column cools itself with a built-in high-powered fan. The Still Spirits Air Still Pro is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer. Learn more about the Air Still Pro at stillspirits.com or check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube.
0: Okay, welcome back everybody, and as always, if you check in with any of our sponsors, tell them that you heard about them here on The Brew Files. Today is a special day. I have wandered out of the studio and wandered over to the brewery. And by that I actually mean a brewery, the Wild Parrot, my neighborhood brewery. And I've got John here, and i got Craig here, because we're brewing a special beer today, right guys? Yes, we are. All right. So Craig is, for everybody who's listening to the podcast... Is infamous for uh, one of our more downloaded episodes, actually on how to make a plenty of the younger homage. Yes, <laughs> but on that podcast we talked about the fact, like, uh, wait, is this the only thing you brewed? And it pretty much is. Like, that's the majority of what you brew, right? Triple IPA.
2: Well, now yes, but the funny thing is, Drew, I've won what fifty-four awards. Only two have been for my triple IPA. <laughs>
0: But for people who have been around the club for a long time, you're very famous for your uh, porter and also for this imperial Stout.
2: And I've d- done a double bock and some other things. But yes, this imperial Stout was one of my latest
0: projects. Right. And so the reason why we're here at the Parrot is because the club has been doing, the Falcons have been doing a series of quarterly tasting competitions and then sort of making them into programs. So everybody brings in an Imperial Stout. We all tasted blindly. We didn't know it was Craig's. We didn't know it was you know anybody's. Scores are given via Google Forms. Everybody on their phone going Da-da-da-da. comments, and then the winner gets chosen. In this particular case, it was you. And this was this is an older style, right? Like two years. Uh, two years. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then with that, once we have the winning recipe, I start scouring around LA and going, "Who wants to brew this?" And of course, me being me and me being lazy and wanting to actually you know walk into a brew. I asked John here. Hi, John. Hey, hey. <laughs> now, the funny part is, as we established on the podcast before, John, you are a loggerhead.
3: Yes, right now I'm looking at our menu board, and of our 10 beers, six of them are lagers. Yep. Yeah.
0: And the strongest is, what, 7 4?
3: Yeah. Uh, is that right? My eyes suck. Yeah, the but, yeah 7 4. The, the, the I think collector. so. Yes. That's
0: the one I tried. Yep. yep.
2: Right.
3: 7 4. And that's right. I think 7 5 is the biggest beer we've ever done.
0: Yeah, well, there was Jump Jump, which was the accidental double IPA. Yes,
3: right, right, right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, not exactly in your wheelhouse to be doing a large... Fully
3: outside ad- of my wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, even as a home bird, did you ever do a no,
3: no, no, no. no. I, even when I'm purchasing beer at the store, I don't uh, typically... I, I don't remember the last time I purchased one. I have one that was given to me, um, and it's just sitting around right now. <laughs> It's like 14%. I'm waiting for whatever opportunity I would have to drink a 14% beer.
0: <laughs> you're waiting for a night that you can spend on the couch. <laughs> right. or, as, or as Craig calls it, Tuesday. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Craig, what's the name of the
3: recipe?
2: Old Foggy.
3: Old Foggy. Uh, are you sticking with the name? Sure, why not? There you go. Um, as long as that, I guess I have to check and see if anyone else has named a beer Old Foggy for copyright issues. but
0: Good old trademark. Wait, yeah. you're actually going to do the Googles? That's amazing. I, yeah, I, uh, probably should do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now, Craig, give people the the basics on this. How big of a beer is this normally?
2: Uh, my my recipe came off the uh, fermenter at about twelve percent alcohol, but then it went into a bourbon barrel,
0: Right. freshly dumped bourbon barrel. So you're getting like an extra percent, extra percent, percent two. or two. Yeah. yeah, bump. Yeah. So it it's a small beer and quite a jump for you. Now, Craig, how, at the homebrew level, how many pounds of grain is this? The recipes right
2: there. I let's see, 35, 38, 39,
0: about 40 pounds. Right. For so 10 so, gallons, yeah. And so, and John, for you. Your brew system is what seven barrels?
3: Seven barrel system,
0: but you're not doing seven barrels today.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. We uh, did a little math, and that was not going to be possible. So, uh, scaled it down to a five barrel batch, um, and we're doing seven hundred pounds of of ingredients in that. So, it's uh, it's the biggest, it's the smallest in terms of quantity, and the biggest in terms of of grain.
0: <laughs> How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel proud? <laughs> I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> So, again, because I think what in the past you said the most that you would ever used was like 600 pounds or something. Yeah, like for that. the
3: hazy, one of our hazies, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: so, yeah. just a small difference and less, way less beer. All right. So, Craig, let's, let's walk through the, the, the recipe real quick at the hungry level since that's most what people are going to get. Okay. Uh, so we've got a blend of uh, pale malts here.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, two-row, mm-hmm. which I use RAR as as does John. And then we have Maris Otter. So, so, 30 pounds of two row and then five pounds of Maris Otter
0: for an 11 gallon batch. So, all right. So, we got that going on. John, what did you end up doing? The same, the same yeah. Support? So,
3: um, generally for, for base malts, um, I'm adjusting to the nearest bag level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for the two row, we're at um, 385, which I think is seven bags, and then two bags of the Maris Otter, 110 sure. pounds.
0: All right. And then, Craig, we got oats because why not? It's a stout. It's a stout, flaked oats. Well, and particularly, I think, with that, the amount of alcohol that you're talking about in your stout here, oats might be a little handy <laughs> just to kind of ward off some of the heat. Uh, so two pounds of flaked oats. And, you know, nothing special about the oats, right? You're not...
3: I use the same flaked oats as we use in our hazy. So, okay. yeah, 30 pounds of that.
0: All right. A pound of Carafa 3 for color. We still sticking with the Carafa 3?
3: Yes. No, we went, uh, as, as far as malts, uh, didn't change... The uh, the malt types. Okay. I had the the crystal. I had some of the um, the uh, I'm sorry, Admiral Malting. Their crystal, which is a high uh, a high number of crystals. So right. use that. That's tasty stuff.
0: Right, because here, according to Craig's uh, recipe, a pound of crystal 120, a pound of chocolate malt, a pound of roasted barley. So that's what three pounds of roasted malts in the in the batch. And if I remember correctly, this was a fairly inky beer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) added a lot of color. Um, And then unusually, and I know the thing that put you on a shopping trip, was three different varieties of sugar.
2: Yes. Okay. Variety is the spice of life. Don't you know that, Drew?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we got yield brown sugar, right? And at the homebrew size, that's two pounds. Two pounds of turbinado, which is not, again, uncommon for brewing. Nice old raw sugar. Yep. And then two pounds of what probably made John you know squint the hardest at the cost, the maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if for people go go check out Wild Parrot's uh, uh, socials, you'll see John pushing a cart around, a, what, restaurant supply depot? Yep, yep, yep.
3: You had to get a case of maple syrup. <laughs>
0: so why why maple syrup in a beer this big and this obnoxious like I mean do you, do you feel like you get something from the maple syrup that's special? I
2: feel like certain sugars you use they 'll ferment out, of course, but then I think there's some residual that 's left to add contribution to flavor okay. and so that 's why I varied the sugars to add each component sugar what they could add to the flavor of the stout
0: John, what are you thinking?
3: Oh, I, I because this is out of my wheelhouse. I'm I'm trusting Craig on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing what just a simple single infusion type setup here, or we, you know, are we doing multi steps or?
3: No, we only we only have the ability for the uh, the single. I right? use,
0: yeah. two step. Yeah. use two steps. But you use two steps. I remember that for you. So I mean, literally for you uh, for you, John. You're just doing the single sacrifice rest, uh, and then like going up to a mash hour. You
3: just yeah. sparging. To the rest? Uh, no, but so, yeah, we uh, the sparge water was, we hit, I think, 174, which gets us about 169, 170 in the match ton. Um, we matched at, it was about 152, 153 is where we were at. Um, yeah, that actually worked out pretty well. We I had thought maybe we were going to go a little higher, but um, after talking with Craig, we, we cut the, the burner on the kettle while we were heating the water a little, a little short to, to hit that 152.
0: Okay anything special about the water because again what you're carbon filtered right
3: yes uh we didn't do much on the addition side uh a touch of calcium chloride and uh a little bit of acid but generally it's uh it's the profile of the water as of um a month and a half ago whenever i got my last ward uh, results back
0: yeah and as we've talked about here in la our water is extraordinarily weird and variable because it comes from lots of sources yeah yeah but even then so Craig, you live over in Thousand Oaks, which is, at the right time of day, a 40-minute drive, and at the wrong time of day, like an hour and a half drive away from here. True. Um, how different is your water and what do you have to do?
2: We're on the Las Virginas Water District, and it's really very good water. Okay. You know, I still carbon filter it, and then I make adjustments in the mash and also in the boil sometimes.
0: Okay. And so, I mean, I'm assuming, what, chloride and calcium carbon? Yeah, I use or?
2: phosphoric acid to control uh, pH. And then um, usually a little bit of, uh, yeah, what you mentioned.
0: Okay. All right. So we got the water treatment out of the way. Uh, Craig, for as famous as you are for the triple IPA on the podcast, uh, this one's a fairly simple, straightforward hopping thing, right?
2: Much simpler than my triple IPA, yes.
0: <laughs> not nearly as much science and, and
2: tweaking. And I didn't have to use enzymes in the mash, which I do with my triple IPA, because I want it dry, right? This right. is not a beer you want particularly dry.
0: Right. Well, actually, so speaking of that, original gravity. Mine? Yeah. Because uh, 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 I see an estimate Okay, so original Gravity was 1117, and the final Gravity is 1016, which, I mean, that's pretty dry for that big of a beer. For that big a beer, it's pretty dry, yeah. yeah. Well,
2: that, that's why I recommended John not mash too high. Right. so he can get the fermentability. Otherwise, you'll end up with kind of a thicker mouthfeel yeah, if you have a syrupy. higher gravity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And i got to imagine for a loggerhead, the idea of a syrupy beer is not what you want.
3: Yeah, Um. I'd I probably have to adjust all the pressures on our tanks. We've never done anything with that much viscosity. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Alright, so for the, the hopping, it's just a simple uh, set of Magnum Additions, th- 3 ounces at 90 minutes, uh, 2 ounces of Northern Brewer at 30 minutes, and 2 ounces of Northern Brewer at Minutes now, if I remember correctly, John, you had to outsource the, the northern brewer, right? For, yeah, no,
3: I ended up going uh, the homebrew route just because uh, it's first of all not a hop that I typically use, so I didn't want to buy the 11 pounds and then have um, it just sitting around forever. Uh, yeah, forever. You can, so, make
0: a, you can make a bunch of California common. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: so, no, the magnum is something that yeah, both readily available and used in many beers, but the northern brewer, I uh, yeah. Did not get through uh, Yakma, so,
0: so yeah. you, you just called up a hardware shop and said, "Hey, I need
3: yeah a few pounds of it." Boom, <laughs> there you go. All
0: right, so that's what's happening today. Oh, actually, Craig, when you when you pitch yeast, what were you using? So four. Okay, and then how much? Just or uh, or did you like do a yeast cake?
2: I no, I uh, I pitched four packets of the dry
0: yeast. Okay, So four. Right. And then, you, are are we also using us before? Yeah, we or? got
3: the uh, the bricks sitting over here. <laughs>
0: yeah, except for except for a couple of packs, we're down talking a couple of bricks. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of bricks. Good five hundred gram packs.
3: Yeah, uh, for for every beer, um, I use dry yeast, and even for the biggest beer, I've done one brick. This felt like a two brick beer.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's actually a good discussion. Like, how often are you guys brewing now? Is it like about every week and a half? Yeah, about that.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. not not too frequently. We do since we do all of our sales in house. We don't do any distribution. Um, there's not the, the the quantity and time pressure that others might have.
0: Right. But but then, but even then, uh, as we've discovered through COVID and the happy hours that we've been doing. A lot of breweries have switched over to using dry yeast just because it helps logistically mm-hmm. you know, manage, like, not having to like, fret, like, oh, god we got to brew because the culture is going to go off or this, yeah. that, or the other. So particularly if you're in that stage, like a lot of young breweries are, where it's like you're not brewing every day, mm-hmm. you know, then it makes perfect sense to use dry yeast. Yeah. yeah. And plus SO4 is a, a monster fermenter that will chew. Yes,
3: it
0: is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I okay, mean, as evidenced again by Craig's version at 11. <laughs> <laughs> 11.17 to 10.16. Yeah.
3: Good Lord. Interesting to see if we, uh, if, if we end up anywhere close to that one. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, th- well, that would be fun because, again, we always talk about, like, differences in hop efficiency, and that's one thing you did have to change. You had to change the amount yeah, of hops.
3: Yeah, we reduced it quite a bit. Um, so we're still looking for about 75 IBU, mm-hmm. um, but the, the quantities um, on the straight scale-up um, would be way too much. So, yeah, yeah we... Have that about it,
0: yeah. Because the kettle efficiencies are different at the professional level, yada yada yada. Um, And you know, it's funny that seventy-five I abuse because when my taste memory of this, which is of course imperfect now that's been a couple months, wasn't an impression of like you know super hoppy, right? But again, it's up against a big beer, and it was two years old, right? Hops diminish somewhat
2: over two years, but also you need that bitterness to offset the alcohol sweetness. Yep to make it you know not an out of balance beer
0: now for you two years how much of that time was in a bourbon barrel or with bourbon exposure it
2: was on a bourbon barrel for only about six weeks and then we pulled it from the bourbon barrel and put it into kegs and it's been in my cold storage for that two years was
0: that like one of those balconies small barrels that you used, uh no was- it
2: was a 53 it was uh sonoma distilling
0: so it was- oh so was this like a you know, did you just fill 11 gallons into the 53 and then pull it? or No, we had three other or batches. four other
2: guys do 11 down, 10 That's gallons, right. 11 gallons, all that. Everybody contributed, so it all got blended. So the final beer that I have may be slightly different gravity than what I contributed, mm-hmm. but I, s- certainly, I didn't certainly contribute anything that was super sweet. <laughs> there
0: you go. All right. Now, obviously, John, we are in a tight brewing space. You, yeah. As we talked about in the podcast before, your entire brew rig is in 300 square feet, which is nuts.
3: Right. Um,
0: not a lot of room for a barrel.
3: Nope. No, we're, we're doing spirals. Uh, so that'll uh, hopefully get, get some of the oakiness. We'll do a, I think we got the medium medium roast on the spirals.
0: Right. And, and for the podcast listeners, those spirals are from the barrel mill, who you just heard from on the podcast. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> So shout out, yeah. Uh, so now, Craig, you had your your beer in the barrel for six weeks because, of course, obviously, a fresh hot bourbon barrel is going to contribute a lot of character right. in a hurry.
2: We we would drew start drawing samples about uh, oh, probably four, probably four weeks or so. Just kind of checking it. Mm-hmm. You know, at five weeks, it was starting to really come in. Six weeks, yeah. I don't think we want more than this,
0: right? Well, because you'll you'll start picking up extra tannins and all that. At six weeks, you right. probably what you're hitting like optimum bourbon flavor, optimum vanilla flavor, yes, you know, all that. All right, and so, John, you got any idea how long the? Not really. Is-
3: no, this is going to be a, a taste and see kind of situation. Well, because again,
0: yeah. you, you you haven't ever done oak spirals before either. Yeah, yeah. No,
3: so I'll throw them in uh, in some bags and then um, just fish them out when uh, when I, they seem done. There you go. So. Craig served us a two-year-old beer.
0: How, how, long was, how old was it before you started serving it to yourself and others? Probably a year old. So about a year old. You're not taking that much time. No,
3: right? I think we're going to put this on, um, I don't know, maybe late January, February. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so you're, really, you're really stepping on the gas. Well, you know,
3: there's a certain season for this type of beer, and we're already late. So I think, uh, yeah.
0: Well, but of course, it will also be interesting to see, because like, I know you're going to hold kegs off to the side for... yes. Yeah, see where it goes. See, see what it gets like when it's a year old, two years.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, because we're going to be doing smaller pours of this as well. Um, yeah, throwing some some kegs into storage and just coming back next uh, maybe December. See, see where they're at.
0: Well you, you you're not going to serve a full the full bloody pint of this. <laughs>
3: I had to buy new glassware for this beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Craig causing trouble. <laughs> As always. (laughs) All right. So we got a couple, a couple more weeks, and of course, uh, listeners of the podcast will know that I will come over and I will do a tasting of it because. uh, So, anything else that we should uh, know about the the Russian Imperial Salt, the old foggy uh, that's being brewed here at Wild Parrot, either from you, Craig, or from you, John?
2: I think John and I discussed, and he thinks his final beer he hopes will be around twelve percent. So that'll be what he hopes to put on tap.
3: Right. right. That's yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. Uh, the uh, efficiency of this guy is going to be a mystery. I'm interested to see where where we land on this. But uh, yeah, 11 to 12 percent would be good.
0: Right. And and of course, I mean, that's still what uh, jump jump came in at like 81, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So 81. So that's still three to four percent higher than anything you've ever released before. Totally. Ho- hopefully, this causes <laughs> actual mob scene. You know, <laughs> <again>. Ooh. <laughs> Um, you know, it's good to have a super strong beer in the wheelhouse just for funsies. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got the, the mash efficiency is going to be an interesting question. Uh, anything else we need to? Work? Oh, you're also going to soak the staves in bourbon, right? Correct. Right. So you can pick up some of that flavor. Yeah. And we t- listeners will remember we talked to Desi about that as well, and like how that's actually a good use case for those staves is you know drop them in a ziploc baggie with some uh, some bourbon and watch them go. <laughs> yeah. Suck all of it up. They so, will. Yeah. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Any last thoughts?
3: No. Let's get back to the brew. I
0: was going to say, the runoff <laughs> is going? The yeah, boil I should kettles? probably
3: go and check and see where we're at.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the boil kettle is uh, starting to boil?
3: Yeah, we're at uh, a little over 200 right now. So we're okay. getting...
0: There we go. Yeah, we can start to smell it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of The Brew Files. We hope that you enjoyed this quick look at one brewery's stepping out of their comfort zone. And one homebrewer sitting by like a proud papa. And yes, we will check back in when the beer is released. Now remember, if you have show ideas, styles, brewers, techniques, ingredients, etc., you can drop us a line at podcast.experimentalbrewer.com. You can reach us at Denny at experimentalbrewer.com or Drew at experimentalbrewer.com. You can find us on X at EXP Brewing, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit, and just about every homebrew form known to mankind. And of course, you can always find us at www.experimentalbrewer.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, click the AHA or BYO links on the website, and by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two or more to our charitable cause, which for this part of the year is the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation. Until next time, remember the brew is out there, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Brew Files.
1: This episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association. Join the American Homebrewers Association in November and claim an out-of-this-world offer. Use the discount code 5STAR, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R, to receive a free 32-ounce bottle of IO Star Sanitizer when you purchase a one-year membership. Get your free IO Star with the promo code 5STAR and find holiday inspiration for great gifts, craft beer recipes, beer and food pairing suggestions, and much more by visiting homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental today hurry, this offer won't last. Get the details at homebrewersassociation.org experimental.